This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the City of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's Royal Visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. Utah, give me two. Hello, everyone. Welcome to our first Palazzo Podcast Prospects Show of the New Year of 2024. And you all know me. You know, I'm Ben Chase, Big Gentle Ben on pretty much any social media you look for me for. And joining me, we have a new member of the Palazzo team. Robbie, introduce yourself to the lovely people. Hey Ben, uh, I'm I'm Robbie Baseball. Uh, you know me on Twitter at Robbie Baseball One. You'll also know me from being on the Dingers Fantasy Baseball Podcast, the only fantasy baseball podcast for smart people. Um, we've hiatus that bad boy, and I am here, and I am happy. I'm excited to be joining you on the prospects part of the Palazzo Podcast. All right, well. Folks, what we're going to do this year is going to be a little bit different than what we've done before on the Big Three Next Three. Um, You're used to two teams at a time, unless we did a super big show like we did every so often. This year, we're going to do three, mainly because that allows us to get her done before the the first day of the year. Um, But it also, we're kind of, we're just putting away the whole idea of a prospect's half hour, because frankly... I don't think Robbie or I can shut up by the time we That's get through true. a half an hour. On, on well, just teams. in general, can't shut up, well, but no I way mean, we I mean, could do yeah, it within 30 yeah. minutes. <laughs> Absolutely. So we're going to fire off and go through three teams each one of these episodes. And we're also going to have some, you know, if you're wondering, hey, where's my guest? I was looking forward to this guest or that guest for a particular system. Hold your horses. We're going to bring some guests. Also, you'll notice that this is not live. We are going to have live recordings along the way, but not all of them will be. Just because Robbie's got stuff that he's got to deal with in his life. I got stuff I got to deal with in my life. Uh, I just finally got some dogs to freaking quiet down, and I had to go blow snow today after I dropped off my kids at home. So we have lives. Believe it or not, we do actually have lives. And, uh, you know, (laughs) 
most prospect gurus apparently don't if if you go by their Twitter feeds and such things. So, um, and, and trust me, I don't consider myself a guru, but just saying. Uh, so let's get into, Robbie, the first system we'll tackle, uh, I, I'm, I have a little bit of an affinity for. Let's just put it that way. Uh, this, this is my club. I've been my club since the mid-1980s when they sucked. Um, and so I feel like I've earned the ability to wear this hat. You know, if you notice, it's it's got the the gold on it because it's 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 the uh, 2021. Uh, okay. You know, after the championship, you get the right by Major League Baseball licensing to put gold around your logo. It's, yeah. It's a real. And then fancy you could do something for deal. Fridays, right? I remember Kansas City; they had like a gold jersey on Fridays. Yes. Yeah. There was, a, there was a thing. I don't know if maybe they could do it all the time. And they only did it Fridays, but I remember that was like a specialty thing. Yep. Um, they, they're you're yeah. allowed to have a specialty jersey, which you know they didn't have this year because obviously they didn't win it this year or the previous year. But uh, we're going to talk the Brave system. Frankly, this is one of the bottom five. For sure, bottom 10, definitely, or certainly a bottom five system in all of baseball. Um, and, I mean, Robbie, you, you got any argument with that one? I was just going to say, I'm going to start. We're four minutes in. I'm going to write I'm gonna write down first disagreement at four minutes. No. Um, <laughs> the, the, what I will say about the Brave system is that it is full of guys that we need more pro time to really, truly yeah. develop. And we, when we get into next three, like the three guys I've got are absolutely, you know, um, 800 at bats away from being legitimized. But in the meantime, we can all circle the wagons for them. But at the same time, they've got guys that should graduate from their double and triple a systems. Again, it's, it's arm heavy with, with Atlanta at the top, Um, but they could really solidify because Alex Anthopoulos, who I had the privilege of enjoying his work with the Blue Jays for several years. Now you have the privilege with the Braves. He doesn't like to sit on his hands. He likes to move bodies around. And he's been acquiring for a long time uh, veteran pitchers to see what they've got left. You know, it's that scene in the batting cage from Moneyball where, um, uh, what is it? Uh, oh, my goodness. Was Scott um, Hatterberg, you mean? Or, no, no, or, it's the no, David Justice oh. talking with Billy oh, Bean. Yeah, and, he's, yeah, and he's like, yeah. I want to squeeze every ounce of baseball you've got left. <laughs> That's like every phone yeah. call Anthopolis has with a veteran. Yeah. He's like, listen, Charlie Morton. You know, <laughs> he's talking to everybody and trying to get that guy. But at the same time, He's got a couple of SP four five types as prospects in the system, and as a fantasy, you know, uh, player dynasty guy, you want to find those guys. It's like the Darius Vines of last year. You want to know yeah. do they have a shot? It didn't work out with Vines, and it, I mean, it could this year. We can talk about that later. But um, you just want to know that those guys are kicking around. They're there, right? Dylan Dodd was another one who, like, I don't know how much everybody genuinely liked him one year ago today, but right now we're all thinking, oh yeah, I, I kind of thought about him. You know, like I thought that there was mm-hmm. some potential fantasy relevance there, but they've got enough of those guys. They could keep punching them out while this like further back wave builds some momentum. But again, when you're winning, you're a top team and you move uh, players, unlike, you know, the Blue Jays who only move players in the offseason. They just give <laughs> up the rest of the year, except this offseason. Uh, um, anyway, so I, I don't think yeah. they're a terrible system. I would say. They're going to move people around. And with Anthopolis, it's a bad idea to say he doesn't have something because the next thing that's going to happen is he's going to go and flop and get three or four of them. So you don't want him to need to get prospects. You know, save that for the draft. And this this was a bottom 10 system 
that was still able to pull off in consecutive off seasons, Matt Olson and Sean Murphy right. utilizing yeah. their system. I mean, yes, legit all-star players. So, I mean, the downfall is if there's a really high end guy, you're not going to see him in the brave system very long. They move their boys pretty quick. Um, we saw that last year and let's, you know, let's just start off because we're going to talk about one of those, I'm sure in the top three. Uh, so our top, my uh, big three for the Braves are AJ Smith, Shaver, Hurston Waldrop and Nacho Ignacio Alvarez. Those are my top three on the Did you say Nacho? Nacho is the man's nickname. Yes. Because that's perfect. Yeah, that's excellent. Yeah. I did not see Nacho. I was not looking at nicknames. Yeah. He's that's that's a big yeah. Anyway, that's a big Braves fan thing that everybody calls him Nacho. So Okay. So I've got two of the three. I've got uh Waldrop and uh AJ. Now the other guy I've got is Owen Murphy, uh, yep. different from you. So I got I got three arms strong and um, I'm curious your thoughts on, on Waldrop and, and, uh, AJ, and then I can say a little bit on Murphy before you, uh, yeah. you do your thing. So AJ to me is the high school equivalent of a Spencer Strider, huge stuff, kind of two pitch dominant. And if he can control it, that's a pitcher that can come up and be really, really good in the rotation but he has a fallback of being a really dominant reliever. And that's just it is that that, that two pitch mix gives him and two, and you can call it a third too, but I mean, his, his fastball and uh, you know, fastball his primary breaking pitch are going to give him the uh, ability to be a reliever. What the Braves have worked with him on is he's trying to do that. Uh, well, it goes back to Luke Jackson that they call it just a, I guess I don't remember even the terming. It's the slider that they ended up teaching to sl- to a strider, but it's, okay. it's this like, it's not necessarily a sweeper. It's not a hard cut slider. It's just, it's kind of it. It's a bowling ball type of slider is really what it is like heavy and downward bend to it. You know, the goal is to get a heck of a lot of ground balls out of it or swinging over the top of it. And um, no, I really like AJ. The biggest thing I think with him is just going to be they moved him fast last year. And for a high school arm to go all the way up, I mean, he had never seen any upper minors action. And he ended up playing a pretty decent role in the major league club for a little while there. Um when injuries kind of decimated the rotation, I really like the the whole entire combination that he has. His biggest thing, if that can control can get from a, he's an average to above average control command guy. If he can make that more of a plus, even an above average consistent control guy, that's a guy mm-hmm. that absolutely can stick in your rotation. And he's right yeah, there. I, I've got, 
I've got the minor fear with him of they moved him quick because they thought they needed to do something within a window. Now, maybe that's like the pre-Tommy John mm-hmm. window that, you know, some teams have talked about where we're going to push a guy until his body tells him he can't, which seems, you know, pretty terrible. Um, but that was my fear with him initially. And at the same time, he was seventh round in 2021. So nobody was like, oh, this is the guy. It was one mm-hmm. of those, who the hell is this guy? So now we're all <laughs> playing catch up on the skills that were there, as you already mentioned, Ben. Um, so I'm I'm pretty interested in what we're going to see Atlanta do with him. Like, are they going to keep him yeah. up? You know, we've seen like the battles with uh, Soroka, Ian Anderson, right? Like the they come up, they're looking good, they're looking elite, and then an injury or something has changed w- with their um, yeah. their arm, and now we're not seeing the same guy. So maybe they were like, well, we've got him now. Let's let's push him. You know, like we did Strider. Uh, let's get them up. Let's see what they can do. And I think the next guy up is Herson Waldrop. I think that's the next yeah. guy that they're going to push. You know, he fit. He was drafted and finished the year in triple a like same yeah. you know same season that's and I, incredible I, yeah like i don't know what you're honestly wanting from a guy out of that but like he transferred from florida for this past year uh, was on a great team atlanta takes him uh later in the first round three pitch mix everybody's saying i don't know if he's you know an ace but I, I don't care. An SP four five that gets an opportunity has room to develop. And if he's going to do it, he's twenty one right now. If he's going to do it in AAA, I'm all for it. In first year yeah. player drafts, uh, he's a top fifteen pick for me. For oh, sure. absolutely. Like I, absolutely. I'm resting on that guy and expecting some end of twenty twenty four value because I think even if it's four starts, they're going to be in September. Like, you know, if he's only getting a bit of time, I don't think he's coming up in May and going back down. Like, I think this is somebody that's going to get 15, 20 starts at AAA. They'll make a decision on, and it could be like, he could be a steal in first year player drafts after everybody goes nuts for, you know, especially if you include the international guys in your first year player draft, he'll easily fall back into the teens. Well, he could fall back into the twenties. I would, I would be picking a mid teens myself. It, to me, right now, Waldrop, if you're looking, you know, we'll get into more overall rankings and things as we get farther into the, you know, in our non-team-centered ones. Yeah. But if you're looking at pitchers, I mean, Yamamoto is an obvious. Um, and then, because in your first-year player draft, and then Skeens. And to me, that's it. That's it. Yeah, that's absolutely. all that yeah. I'm drafting ahead of him. Because even if he comes up and he's just – I mean, let's use the example of if he is Spencer Strider in uh, 2021 when Strider first came up, Strider worked out of the bullpen. But, man, did he rack up stats. You know, he was a really good asset in September out of the bullpen for that team. That's something you want. You know, that's like once upon a time, David Price did that. I believe Mm -hmm. Sale also started out of the pen. Like there are guys who have done it who are special. There are other guys who have just done it, but there are guys who have done it and been special. And then when you are the GM or, you know, the manager and you're given that kind of a, um, a prospect where it's like, here's a guy we love, but we don't need him to start. So put him in where you want to, you know, to the, to the skipper. Uh, I think you can get good things out of him. So it's a really good one too, right? Like, you're like, here are two guys that should pitch on your rotation this year if you want them. Like, and those yeah. are two prospects in, in a crappy system. <laughs> like, yeah, that's yeah. a good start to that's a crappy just system. It. But, you know, to me, and, and here's my comparison. We're going to talk about him later. But Waldrop, to me, feels a lot like Cade Horton felt coming into last year. Oh, okay. Coming, coming out of the draft, he had not had a <laughs> lot of pitching experience. So there's a lot of questions as to what he could be, what he would be. Yeah, he showed good Mm -hmm. in the short time he had on the mound. But lo and behold, 
the concerns about his his control were really tampered down once he got in a pro development system that worked with him on that. And all of a sudden, the guys, I mean, you could make a good argument that Kate Horton is the top pitching prospect in baseball right now. So, yeah. We'll, we'll yeah, get we, to him we'll, more. We'll get, but yeah, yeah. We'll get to him. So, so, talk a little bit about Nacho because I didn't put him on my list. Yep. And then I know you can add on to my Murphy. So, Alvarez is one of those guys. He, the Braves have done really well in junior colleges. I just wrote up a thing for uh, IBWAA on Andrelton Simmons and his retirement. And nobody thought Andrelton Simmons was worth the pick that the Braves spent on him back in the year that they did. They've done very well with junior college type players. And Alvarez was one of those. He's got, he's a guy who he just, he gets the zone. And that's what, to me, there's a very, very high floor there in a system that has very few hitting high floors. He's got a very high floor simply because of his eye. Now, there's a body that he can develop into. He's got some natural raw strength that he's really not put into gameplay yet. I think there might be, it might be a 15-20 home run bat. Um, I don't know that there's 30 ever there, but... um, Big, big arm defensively that I think he could – He's I don't think he's a shortstop long-term, but put him at third, that might work really well, or plug him into a corner outfield. And I just think he's, he's such a high-floor guy because of his eye that he's going to contribute. And that's such a – frankly, there's a lack of bats that you can look at and go – that guy's going to eventually contribute in some way at the major league level within this system. Perfect. Cause I, I know that they didn't like Vaughn Grissom enough to trade him for old man sale. And I was hoping that Seattle could have pulled that off with Kelnick, oh. but I know that had a lot more salary impl- implication stuff to it. Um, but disappointment for disappointment. You want to hear the Braves have some, uh, you know, middle, middle of the field bats worthy mm-hmm. uh, that could be coming along and like you said like if he can be kicked to a corner outfield spot uh, i like to use the joke that you know juan soto would be really useful if he wasn't your left fielder in dynasty and if you're <laughs> in an option league wasn't costing you a quarter of your team's salary you know like he's a great player but at what cost you know you want those guys in the middle yeah um you know and we're never going to talk about catchers or at least i'm not gonna but uh, <laughs> when, when we do when we do accidentally uh, you would love to have one that's useful very much like you want yeah. your left fielder to not cost you a ton and be useful. So um, my other of the top three, Owen Murphy, the 19 year old um, Braves first round pick in 2022. Uh, yeah. I, this is what I wrote on him. I'd like him to be a two way player because he was good enough to do it. Uh, and my, my quotes are, where were the angels on this one? You know, let Otani go oh. and then put up the Owen Murphy uh, banners. Anyway, <laughs> um, in, in Atlanta, he's just been pitching and he's been doing it well. Uh, he's a six foot one righty, which is not exciting. High school guy, again, not exciting. And then the stats go low and lower and lower as you're like a high schooler and you're under six three and blah, blah, all mm-hmm. these things that mean you're going to suck. And he's he's thwarted them all away. Uh, he's got the right mix of K with a low enough whip. Um, he's on the the stat sheet looking okay, but the ERA makes him look ugly. So people in Dynasty are not like this is an ace. Um, mm-hmm. But we know Atlanta's going to give him a shot because they're they're going to move guys up. And think of this. I mean, Ben, you know this, but for the listener. Sean Newcomb had more chances than Jose oh. Reyes did. And that's just with the Braves. You know, uh, Reyes had to go to all MLB teams to get opportunities. But um, 
Sean Newcomb was able to do it in Atlanta, and a lot of the same guys are still there. So I think it's going to happen where uh, Murphy is going to be given opportunities, and if it doesn't kick the first time, we're going to see him come back, right? Ian Anderson is another guy who they're trying hard to make it work with. You know, Soroka, sorry, same deal, right? Owen, and this is, they're all much older, but Owen Murphy is a young guy who, you know, finished last year, I think, in A-ball. He's going to get an opportunity. They've got a lot of money invested in him, and, you know, he's part of their next wave, but he is at the top, to me, top three guy, uh, just because I love the potential of him to be a stable minor league developing player, not the Mm -hmm. Waldrop and Schuster up and moving guys. This is going to be that slow, steady guy who, you know, some prospect guys are going to get tired of because he's, you know, to everybody, he's not moving fast enough. But to me, a high school guy who moves a level a year is doing it right. Yep. And he is, he's one of those guys who doesn't jump off the page simply because he doesn't do the things that we all look for now. Um, But if you talk to any scout out there, they tell you Owen Murphy's fastball is a plus fastball. It runs in at 90 to 93, but it's a plus fastball because of what he can do with it. And this is, these are the type of things I was hearing on Mike Soroka when Soroka was in the minors, that this kid just knows how to put a little more pressure on the index finger or the middle finger or how to, you know, short arm something just right to give it a little bit different spin, little bit different look than he did the last time he went through the lineup. And so someone's looking for a fastball, sitting on a fastball, and they get a fastball that does something just a little different, and they pop it up, or they ground it out, or they foul it off, and then he gets them with a, a breaking ball the next time through. It's He's a really smart pitcher on the mound. And I think a lot of that goes back to the fact that he's also been a very good high-level hitter. So oh, yeah. to him... Like there's an Otani doc that I think ESPN did. I randomly watched it on Disney before all the offseason stuff and really respected the guy beforehand. Um, but watching it, it talked about how he's the only person at the MLB level, if we're going to count Lorenzen as the second potentially guy mm-hmm. who understands what's happening in the in the batter's box when you're throwing as the pitcher, like truly understands because he would want to be able to get himself out. So his backup, I'm sure, is instinctive, like, what can I not hit? Or what do I struggle to make contact yeah. with? And when his, because a lot of the times, pitchers just aren't on. They don't, you know, if you're an athlete, you have an off day, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. You just don't have your A-game stuff. An Owen Murphy having good B-level games is going to be the difference between, you know, SP4-5 and an SP2, 1-2 one, one, even, if you want to go that high with it. Um, and I feel like Murphy's got the ability with that knowledge of hitting at this exact moment in time to continue to develop and be that SP1-2 type, more of the two than, you know, we're not seeing crazy anything, as you mentioned, Ben. But I just, I really believe in that part of his game. And, you know, he reminds me a lot, and, and, or I use this guy a lot, but you don't need to be an elite velocity guy to be an ace. Look at Brad Radke. Brad Radke was the ace of that Minnesota team that had Yoan Santana. Game one, the ball went in Brad Radke's hands. Yoan was the best pitcher in the league at the time, but Radke was the guy they knew they gave the ball to. He was going six, sometimes seven, and it, he was never going to put an extra guy on the on the base paths. He almost never walked anyone. He was just one of those consistent strike throwing guys that, I mean, really, the the joke was if you didn't, you know, didn't get to Radke in the first inning and knock him out, 
he was going to go eight on you. And that was not terribly wrong <laughs> because he's just that type of guy. And Murphy has that kind of like command and control and just that smart, those lo- that level of smarts on the mound. I could see him being that kind of guy. So there's a second guy for any of the Canadians out here who you'll know. Uh, I got the bobblehead right here, Marco Estrada. He was not yeah. intimidating until you were standing in the batter's box. And for some reason, I mean, his peak was relatively short, uh, three, four years. But again, we're stretching out a youngster and projecting here. And for mm-hmm. fantasy purposes, I mean, he's taken, and I don't think you're going to be able to acquire him without it being a relatively big deal anyway. But I would reach for him. So anyway, so those are four that we feel are the next big yeah. three because our math is just like that here at Palazzo. Um, what do you got for the next? So my next, I had Owen Murphy in there. And then I have two other guys I, I kind of put in there. I have three pitchers total. And I think okay. there are three very different type of pitchers uh, in that I could see Spencer Schwellenbach as he gets healthy this year, being very, very similar to a guy like uh, Strider or things like that, where they push the two pitch thing and really push him forward. He's a hell of an athlete. This, the, talk about the hitter and pitcher stuff. This is a guy who was a legit hitter in the big 10 conference and, you know, a, an actual prospect as a shortstop, coming out of college, I I don't like what I've seen, and, and I hear good things on his changeup, but to me, his breaking balls can blend a little bit. So you're really talking about a guy with a plus fastball and two breaking balls that can kind of look the same. That, to me, screams reliever, and with his injury, you know, he's coming off Tommy John. He's had some other injury stuff this year. So that that's... One guy to me, I I could see him being pushed fast as a reliever, or if they want to let him develop as a starter, he might sit down in the minors a little bit this year, longer than what people think. He might be sitting in double A all year long, even if he has a lot of success. And people are going to go, what the heck? You know, college guy from two years ago, back from Tommy John, why aren't we pushing this guy up, you know, mm-hmm. to triple A? And there's a, you know, if they're wanting him to start, that's going to be why. Uh, the other guy I put in there, we're probably not going to see much in 24 and that's J.R. Ritchie. Uh, they okay. had Tommy John this last year. God, I loved what I saw of him before he went down. He is just, he's a guy on the mound who has that, you know, 90, 93 mile an hour fastball, but he can touch 98, but he likes to sit down lower with it. And it's not the type of, it's not that uh, high-rise fastball that everybody loves right now. Um, it's just, but he can locate the crap out of it. And then he has a couple really, really good breaking balls. He can spin his slider in two different ways, which is how he gets his two two breaking balls. But, man, the control is just pretty. And, you know, another high school guy that the Braves got last year um, and – you know, in that same draft as Owen Murphy and just it's a bummer that you didn't get to see him this year really push forward before the Tommy John came on. But I think if you're looking at dynasty stuff, he's going to slip a lot because of that. He's great. Right. The he's lack of a stat of, line just hurts. Yeah. They, you haven't done anything wrong, but you haven't done anything. And therefore yeah. there's a whole new draft class that's going to come in 
and make your valuable guy less valuable. Max Meyer, when we get to Miami, oh my God, the dynasty outlook on him is insane. One and a half years later from what it was. Oh, but anyway, yeah. So Richie, same, same thing could, could be suffering. Not that he was up, mm-hmm. you know, MLB ready, um, but at a lower level. And again, don't ever sleep on these guys because as long as the team's not getting, or the player's not getting rushed by the team, there's like a good transparent plan between those two, you know, the development staff and the player. Mm-hmm. And as a dynasty guy, you just got to know it's working, right? Like if they sit out for yeah. two years, sure, worry a little bit. Um, something else might be going on. And if you hear thoracic, you run. But no. otherwise, yeah. <laughs> otherwise, yeah. you're on. Um, so my other two, or sorry, my other three Atlanta guys, I'll rhyme all three off, and I'll just look for your eye reaction to see how well I've done. Uh, Mario Baez, 16.4-year-old oh, yeah. J2 guy yeah. last year out of the DSL, 311 average, uh, plenty extra base hits. He's coming to the States this year for sure. Um, I wouldn't wait to get him. I'd go for it now. Five nine hundred and seventy five pounds. So he's like he's a tube, but it's thin at the moment. So we'll see if it gets <laughs> <Yeah>. thick <laughs> or if it stays. Um, this is going to be a big jump year for him, right? If he if he falls flat on his face, we're all going to forget about him. But I, I don't think he's going to because when I see good OBP from the Dominican League, I I believe in that. You know, I've yeah. I've scouted a lot. Not personally went there and and scouted and knocked on the doors and spoken to the families, but from a distance, I've scouted these guys and I like to try to find swings on them and see how they play defense and of course everyone's a shortstop um but to see yeah. is this is this more realistically a second baseman probably um but that's okay because he's patient and if he can be patient when he comes over stateside this year and if he can go from uh you know complex league into you know maybe low a by end of season depends on what the plan is he's yeah. so damn young that i'm i'm excited by him uh douglas glaude i'm, I'm saying that right yep. is it glaude yeah Which, what a terrible That's, last name just change yeah. the name <laughs> yeah. dg's yeah. got to be the next name nickname uh he's a j2 2022 guy 19 years old now he played in both um rookie and florida last year again i'm just going to go back to this a lot great obp in rookie ball extra base hits were there lack of home runs and the low average make him look like a guy you don't care about um, but I, I'm watching and in my deep leagues, you know, 50 minor league spot leagues, I'm looking to get them because why the heck not? When you understand mm-hmm. patience at a young age, uh, I take that over power personally. Uh, Isaiah Drake's the other guy, 18 year old. He was a fifth round pick last year's draft. He stayed in complex league. We didn't get to see the at bats, but it's the scouting report. Um, you know, Ben, love your thought. would love to have your thoughts on him. Six foot 180 center fielder. Sounds about right. You know, you'd love six three, mm-hmm. but let's just assume that's going to mean he doesn't smash into the oh. wall because he's got good balance and the skill set looks like it's there. And in all seriousness, if you look at the Brave system and what they've developed well recently, you see very few six threes. You see a whole. I mean, look at Ozzy Albies, and in fact, you brought up Baez. Baez and Albies to me have a lot of similarities. Mm. Baez could control the zone very well as a young player and was a beast on the base pass. But here's what's funny. Already, Baez has more professional home runs than Albies did until he got to double A. <laughs> like, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Sure. I'll, take now, it. I'll take it. And now Albies is like a guy who can hit 30, which is whatever. Right. Um, you know, yeah. but you're talking about someone who's or a system that has done well developing that smaller stature guy, getting them the max out really in their bodies. And then producing the most, I mean, Drake's the tallest of the guys you mentioned here at six foot, you know, and he's not exactly big, uh, but good Lord, does he have tools? Um, I mean, 
he might be the fastest guy in their system, just in pure home to first time. Um, and, you know, he's also a guy that folks are throwing 50 to 55s on his power. Uh, if you got that kind of power plus speed, um, the only thing right now is folks are just, he's got a goofy bit of a swing. And I like when he when he settles into his swing, gets especially when he gets into his back foot and then leads from there, he's just really, really good. And the swing looks good. Like, I, I don't know a good way to describe it. It's when he gets on that back foot and goes from there, he's got a consistent swing through the zone that's going to get a whole lot of line drives, pound the gaps, and then he can just blaze with his speed. The issue is he ends up drifting a lot to his center of gravity. And when he does that, he gets a bit long in the swing. And it, frankly, he makes a lot of weak contact to the opposite side because he tends to be behind in his body. And so he gets it opposite field, but it's on the ground. And I don't, you know, right now he's beating out a lot of those because Frankly, when you're a when you know when you're a double plus runner in complex league, you hit the ball to shortstop, you got a good chance of getting on base because frankly, they're going to screw up their something. I was just going to say, yeah, there's a lot of guys who are working either at a new position or their teams told them to you know, sit back or do something that's out of their natural element at that level. Yep. So BABIP is pretty important. You want to look at BABIP at the really low levels. And then, of course, you look at stolen bases if you think the BABIP looks insane. And if they're also stealing bases, then like, sure, circle the guy. But like also put a couple asterisks like you need to see next level, right? You need to see yep. better. That doesn't have to be better pitching. It needs to be better defense on the field. Can they still get those ground ball uh, hits are there or are they not able to do that anymore and are they still stealing bases or are the catchers a little better or whoever in that league right like sometimes you can run into a couple elite catchers who really hold a couple guys back or a real crappy coach who doesn't want to see them running yeah. because they want to see them work on something else at the very low level so it's skill set heavy um, with those guys so anyway that was what 32 and a half minutes in and we've just finished, <laughs> just finished seven ish eight ish no. braves let's just no. assume we'll take a motion out of it do you hate the diamondbacks by chance or do you love them uh no you know here's what i'll say coming into last year this was a system that you probably could have ranked as a top 10 system without a whole lot of argument they graduated a lot of guys, including the National League Rookie of the Year. I mean, you know, so let's let's be honest. They did, they utilized their guys well. Um, you know, we talked, you and I talked before we started recording about Brandon Fott. There's another guy that they graduated yeah. uh, that you know maybe not didn't look so great during the regular season, but holy crap, they don't get to the World Series without him. Um, and right. you know, they they've they utilized. I mean, they used up a lot of rookie time on guys like Drew Jameson, Tommy Henry, these pitchers that maybe didn't come out and light the world on fire in 2023, but they were productive. They did the eight innings for a team that was desperate for someone to eat innings because of all the injuries that they had in the rotation. And the, and the Mad Bomb cut, which was he was yeah. supposed to be, you know, 5.5 innings, you know, every, every time or whatever, nope. 5.1 innings, every outing. And it was so off. And it was, I'm assuming such a clubhouse cancer that they were willing to walk away and eat that money. And I also think, Ben, that's why we saw more rookies instead of 
veteran signing or a trade, you know, a trade for a five, six million dollar yeah. guy who wasn't pitching well because they just didn't want to put the money in because they were paying Madball. And like yeah. kudos to the Diamondbacks for not only overcoming that and like being a successful team, but doing it in the NL West, you know, yeah. like the, the Dodgers are trying to crush you. You got to go play in Coors, you know, not that that's, you know, what that's difficult. Um, but then you also have San Diego trying to put a chart. Like it's, it wasn't easy, you know, it wasn't easy to do it. And guys like uh, Geraldo Perdomo and Alec, uh, why, why did I just lose his last name? Uh, Thomas, there we go. I was like, common yep. last name. Alec Thomas and Geraldo <laughs> Um Both of them last year, I think, were graduated from rookie status, but you're also talking about guys who didn't yet, not yet have a full year. And yes. so this system drastically changed. But here's the deal. We look at it right now. What it's going to look like next offseason is going to be drastically different because they have four of, I believe, the top 40 picks this coming July. They're going to restock this system in a dang hurry come July. It is ridiculous how many draft picks they have early. It might be four of the top 50, but it's something like that. Now, do you think, because I've, I watched what uh, the Mariners did this year, where they also had that, you know, the, like you just said, the fourth mm-hmm. pick, the rookie of the year pick, and they, they were kind of interesting. Now, DePoto, I think he's one of the most brilliant GMs, you know, DePoto's my guy. Um, he makes moves that I always follow the path of, like what's going on, um, all, you know, moving, moving good, good and bad contracts all over the place because he's working within the confines of the budget that he's been given. Um, but he got a lot of high school guys, I think the last two years yeah. in the draft class. And the one thing they have struggled to do with consistency is provide themselves with homegrown infielders. It's also easier to do the outfield. You got three positions to go yeah. to, right? But um, you can fail as a shortstop and, and end up as a second baseman. But realistically, they haven't been able to do it. Now they've made good trades. You know, JP Crawford has stabilized himself as a major league player, but they spent money on Suarez that didn't work out over time. You know, Teoscar Hernandez trade last year. They've been moving guys. JP France was a great deal. Like that trade of peak Austin Nola to San Diego came back and helped them out quite a bit. Um, but at the same time, DePoto hasn't been bringing guys up. Cal Raleigh it might be the only homegrown infielder. That, like, yeah. <laughs> and they're not looking for him. They're looking for him to get 500 at bats this year, but I'm pretty sure they only want him to, you know, catch 55% of the time. And that's why they gave money to Garver, right? Was to Garver, yep. battle, have the two guys. So there's a lot. And anyway, I'm off topic with that. But, um, it's just it's intelligent moves when you have the draft picks available, and I'm interested to see what Arizona's going to do. Now I'm back on. And topic. that's that's <laughs> what they did so well in 2019. That 2019 draft where they had like eight of the top 80 is how they built the system. That was including Carroll. That was including there's a ton of guys. You know we you know Blake Walston is one of those guys that came out of that draft. Um, they used I think there were two draft picks that they've used to acquire people. I was going to say they traded one of the starters that they traded went to Pittsburgh or maybe it was two that went to Pittsburgh. And those were the guys that I had drafted uh, in most of my fantasy league. And now I can't even remember the name. And as you can tell, they're probably not on my rosters. Yeah. Brennan Malone. Brennan Malone Malone, was was one. Yeah. And Malone, I was like, that's the guy. And you know what? That wasn't the guy. But uh, if you don't take those chances when they bundle it up, KC did it once with a bunch of college pitchers. And I mean, it hasn't really worked out for them, but I was excited at the time at the fact that they did like a themed draft 
So it'd be great to see Arizona yeah. do some kind of a theme draft too. But so, anyway, uh, top three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I don't know, and, and you might disagree with me. I think most people have pretty much the same top three with very different ideas about one of the players. Um, but I have Jordan Lawler, I have Drew Jones, and I have Tommy Troy in my top three. I have Yu Min Lin, and Yumin I have him Lin. as my number two. And I love me some yep. Yumin Lin, which is probably I, why he's there. So, uh, the Lawler, do we really need to get into it? Like, no, Lawler's I, an MLBer, right? Yeah, he's, if he's you don't, play if you don't know, yeah, if you don't know, just go look for a major league shortstop that I'm assuming is going to struggle. And um, this is the note that I had on because because I didn't want to actually like put in anything about stats because this is more exciting to me. Tell me if you like this, Ben, and I might do it again. He's an MLBer that might be a slow burn potential bust guy and i would tell whoever in your dynasty leagues exactly that and that in three years he may or may not get it right he could just become kelnick see if that rattles the cage of the dynasty owner in the league that has him <laughs> try to trade for him because he's got all category potential doesn't matter your format he could be elite um and like when he like in the 2021 year draft i had all very good teams the year before so I didn't get to draft him high. Yes, I'm bragging. Um, but I would absolutely <laughs> look to go back and get him now. Like I would wait till May and some dink in your league is going to be panicking if he's hitting, you know, 190 or something like that. Yeah. Because again, he's seen pitchers for the first time in his career. So this is that the pitchers will be ahead of the hitters, you know, uh, pitching ahead of the batting in this particular circumstance. That's what I'm feeling with a 21, 22 year old. Um, so I would look to acquire him 100% because it's worth it. But I also understand that there's a time you can wait to get him at his lowest right now is not that time, like no. not that time, but he's, the, he's the best guy. So uh, I'm curious your thoughts on Jones though. I'd love to love to know what you think. Cause like, so I don't get why people were disappointed, but they were. And I will say that I just put out a, a top 250 for Roto Baller recently and dinked Jones a bunch because I had watched some tape and mm -hmm. then I got more tape. The rest of that <laughs> tape was the end of the season and Jones is going to yep. be moving back up that list again. Um, okay. Jones finished the year when he got back up into full season ball with a three, four, five line, you know, a 300, 400, 500 plus yep. on all of them. What else do you want offensively? Yeah. I mean, the swing still has some work to do. The instincts and in, I think so much of the issue with Drew Jones is dad. And people saw his dad come up to the major leagues at 19 years old, read balls, hit into the outfield like nobody has in our lifetimes in the outfield, you know? And, and so they went, hey, He's the son of Andrew, so he's going to just be an instinctual center fielder, of course. And he's going to hit bombs because, you know, Andrew once hit 50. So he's got that kind of potential, I'm sure. And you know what? Kids aren't necessarily their dads. And that's sometimes those kids need an extra year or two or three to get their feet under them. I didn't see anything that told me there's not power there that there's not speed there, that he's not an elite fielder. Everything I watched already was great. Then I watched him come back, and he, when he came back up late in the season, he really cut down on his swing. He just he simplified it a ton. 
And honestly, he was getting more power out of it. I don't know that, I guess I would have to look to see where the home run numbers ended up. I couldn't tell you, but it just looks like a better swing. He looks comfortable in it and he generated his hips better through the swing. So, I mean, you're going to get that natural power, but this is still a guy that has potentially double plus speed is at a, he's a great fielder and he has a huge arm in the outfield. Like what else do you want? <laughs> like, that's Yeah. So I think it's just like a flooding of the systems of people being like, well, he didn't do what we wanted, but he got drafted and then got hurt. And your body has to yeah. not only naturally recover, thing. but you're an athlete and you're young and you've never faced the competition you're now facing. Um, and people were disappointed. But his end of year, like you you nailed it though, Ben. You said three, four, five line. End of year line, 252, 366, 718 OPS. I'm cool with that for a friggin' 19 year old who finished the year in A ball. Um, you know, he played less than half a season total and was probably to just honestly was trying probably trying to find the right bitcoin financier to put all those bonus baby dollars <laughs> yeah uh and not to mention he's living like you just mentioned so so well in the shadow of a legend in his father so there there are ways like you know there are blue jay players um that their fathers oh, yeah. are your also club, legends your club knows that <laughs> well i i don't want to be directly associated as a blue jay fan per se yeah. that triggers me um but what i will say <laughs> what i will say is that i switched to become a mariners fan because of the pre-mentioned or just mentioned jerry depoto um i really liked how he did it and i decided it ross atkins just isn't my guy and if it's major league managers that make us happy there's you know like general managers there's something wrong with the people above them making the choices that are allowing them to then you know move the cards around so anyway drew jones i'm all over him um i i'm with him now my bid on on uh, human lynn is pretty easy and then i'd like to hear uh, on yours, make sure I got the right. Yeah, the the notes are short. Right. He's short. He's five yeah. eleven, one sixty, yeah. but he's a lefty, um, and he's twenty years old, pitched in Double A. So you don't need to get too deep on this. Like he didn't pitch full season there, but he went there and he survived. He did not thrive in it, but he still had a really good K to nine for the year and promising things. But again, like you you mentioned, Arizona pushed a bunch of guys up. I think that's why he went. It, it was like yeah. performance related, but also they need players to pitch in double A AA and triple A when guys get promoted. I think he'll end this year in triple A and then he might just sit there and wait or he might get hyped right up. And because he's so young, if he's 21 in triple A, everybody's going to know who he is. Um, so I tried scooping him up a lot last offseason. Many other people beat me to it in some other yeah. leagues and I was pretty pissed because I didn't think he was deserving of being taken, but I also play in some pretty intense uh, dynasty leagues where guys are doing the same amount of work I am and they don't have a podcast. So, um, <laughs> you know, credit to those human yeah. uh, Lin owners out there. If you are guys who roster them and if you don't uh, look in your league right now, if, if you're on uh, fan tracks, it's, it's min dash Lin. If you can't find them, yeah. I know some sites are really anal on the perfect um, spelling. They don't do the like generically speaking. And then they give you a bunch of lists of potential players. We got commercials coming up for you next year on the Palazzo Podcast. But after the break, Ben will tell you why you never go to Cedar Point without Gold Bond Medicated Powder. 
need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Uh, who was your third guy of the top three, or the big three, sorry? Tommy Troy. And to me, Tommy Troy looks like if you would take everything Jordan Lawler does and knock it down a quarter, you know, as a musician here, you take something down a quarter note, you know, or, a, you know, a half step. That's, that's pretty much what you do with Tommy Troy. I don't know if Tommy Troy is a shortstop. I don't know if Jordan Lawler is. I think Jordan Lawler's got a better chance to be a shortstop than Tommy Troy does. I think Troy is going to be that type of guy that once, if he makes, let's say, 75%, 80% of what he projects out to be, you're talking about a guy that's a 20-10 guy with good feel for hitting. That's a And, and if he sticks at third instead of short, that's that plays in fantasy all day long. It may not yeah. be Jose Ramirez. It may not be your starting third baseman. But guy, there's playing that guy is going to allow you to go get Juan Soto. You know what I mean? Like it's going to allow you to get that expensive guy at another position that helps you do something else in categories because he's going to fill in a little bit in all those categories. And, well, and he can improve at the MLB level. Like yeah. you, you know, he could be the Orlando Arcia, right? Or Arcia is going to, I think, play this year at 27. Maybe it'll be 28, but he's young. Yeah. But people just assume he's, you know, 34, you know, very much like Jose Iglesias spent so much time disappointing yep. Red Sox fans that the rest of MLB forgot he was still young because all they were told was that he wasn't good enough. But he hit consistently for a long period of time. Um, but it was always as a disappointment. You know, he was supposed to be so much more. Uh, allegedly, you know, like his career was fine fantasy wise. Like I rostered him for several years in different leagues at a, at a cheap cost, like you said, um, because people just didn't fully appreciate it. You know, he didn't have that massive year that everybody, you know, piled on all these expectations. And maybe that's going to be the same thing for Troy. It's, it's just going to be, he's on a team that's plush with talent. He won't be the guy. So he can be a guy and, and a very useful one for fantasy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, so my next say, three, what do you got? Okay. So my next, I've got Lynn in there. And, and one thing I want to say with him, just because mm-hmm. you mentioned him and we already kind of, we broke him down pretty well at this point, but you talked about potentially jumping on a guy early in the season with Lawler. Lynn could be that guy on the minor league side because he's going to be playing all of his year in double A, triple A, two of the worst parks in the minor leagues to pitch in. And he works with a 90-mile-an-hour fastball. He, I'm not saying he's going to fail. What I'm saying is he his ERA is likely going to be for something. 
and there are going to be people who are ready to just jump away because he's posting a four something ERA and all of the extra stuff is going to be the same. All of the metrics are going to look the same. He's just pitching in two really crappy parks and suddenly everyone's going to jump away from it. That might be the guy to grab at that point, you know, go out in May and potentially grab him as he's posting a four something ERA coming off a six earned run in four innings type of game. Yeah. I like that. that. I mean, I don't, but I do. I like that for acquiring him. I, I yeah. definitely yeah, I no, appreciate that see, analysis. Like I said, I don't think he's that guy long-term, but I think he's going to have some games like that this year just because of where he's at, which doesn't reflect on him. You know, just like right. the Tulsa rotation last year, Tulsa's park is built to have rotations like that. You're going to have elite rotation. Now, granted, there's a hell of a lot of talent the Dodgers put at that rotation, but – there's a reason why they had like five guys with a two something ERA at one point. It was ridiculous. Anyway, <laughs> so my other guys, um, I'm going to cheat a little bit. I, mean, I have, of course, I have Ivan Melendez is <clears throat> one of the other ones I mentioned. Okay, yeah. And then I'm going to mention two, uh, mainly because I really believe in Yancel Luis. I believe is how you say the name. Okay. Um, but the other one I want to make sure we mention is Christian Robinson. Yeah. Okay. So he could get his own episode. We could, oh, we could do the Christian Robinson. Just, yeah. Um, like there, that is, he's lived a life already. And some of it, well, a lot of it, not so great. Um, no. but folks need to take a look at his final season numbers last year. Um, he got himself up to double a everyone says, well, yeah, but he was 23. He hadn't played profession or played any baseball for four years. I mean, 2019 was the last time he recorded a single professional at bat. And he comes out and he works his way up to double A. And over the entire year, slash 283, 382, 532. Yeah, there was swing and miss. But you also have to realize, once again, this is a guy who hasn't played, hasn't seen live pitching in that long. And he put up that slash with. 14 homers and 23 steals. And have you mentioned his backstory at all on the podcast before? I think we talked about it last year just because okay. we were wondering when he was going to get on but or okay. get back um, because there was – But, yeah, just, just to let everybody know, like this guy was out of baseball, as you mentioned, but he's had, you know, like depression issues. There were some legal things. He couldn't get over here or, well, to I'm in Canada. He couldn't get over yeah. to your lovely country, Ben. Um, because of those issues, because of the legal yeah. issues. And he went through it. Like he went through it to get back because he wants this. And now, like you said, he got his way up to double A. Of course, it's not going to be complete, right? He's His body has changed so much since then. He's, I believe he lost a dramatic amount of weight and then also had to go through conditioning programs just to be yeah. able to like prove to Arizona he's back. You know, he's medicated now. He's going to live a normal kind of stable life. So props to Robinson for doing all all that he has for himself, and I really hope to see him in a in a jersey. Like I don't, I don't think you just give someone something because they tried hard. I think they actually have to be talented and successful. Yep. Well, he is talented. I hope he gets to be successful in that. Um, and for dynasty guys out there, like if you've had him, you couldn't get rid of him for two three years. So if you yeah. still have rostered him through that, you're probably not willing to give him up. And and if you're thinking of trying to pick him up for nothing, I don't think whoever has him is going to do that. But a reasonable offer for a guy who ha could have a spot in the outfield, um, it's not a bad move to make. 
to you know go about looking to acquire him. But obviously, you're not giving up uh, something you truly believe in. Like he is, he's not necessarily a dart throw, but he's not someone who you're going to circle as like this is part of my 2025 team. You know, he just he could be you know coming back to what he once potentially was going to be. Yeah, and that's yeah. cool. So the guy, you know, we mentioned Melendez, but the other guy I mm-hmm. want to chat just a little bit about is Yancel Luis. And like yeah. I said, I'm not 100% sure I'm pronouncing that right, but he's a switch hitter, uh, came came over stateside this year, and I just, he's one of those guys where everything is at least average. And, you know, just has those skills all across the board. You watch him on defense. He's got a lot of instinctual stuff that helps stuff helps him play up too, to where he's got an average arm. But God, he just he blows guys away when he gets the ball because he takes the right f- steps. You know, he's got himself in perfect position to make that throw every time. The arm might mean he ends up at second base, but he spent the whole year at 18, put up some really nice numbers. Uh if you look overall. Uh, I was just going to pull up the overall stat line here. 269, 335, 441. Not holy crap type of numbers, but, you know, all across the board, seven home runs in 62 games, 16 steals. You know, it's just he's a guy who has all the type of all the stuff you'd like. You know, who he reminds me of a lot is someone that they got rid of this last year in Ryan Bliss. In that. He could stick it short, but he's probably best at second and just does a lot of things very, very well. Okay. Yeah. I've got three completely different guys, but that's because <laughs> right. uh, that's because Lynn was in my, my top three, but I've got yep. Christopher Torin, an 18 year old shortstop. Oh, yep. I've got yep. Kevin Sim, a first base outfield, uh, maybe second base, maybe third base. Uh, I don't know if he can catch. Maybe he can pitch. 21-year-old, uh, <laughs> fifth-round pick in last year's draft. And I've got mm-hmm. Ricardo Yan, a 21-year-old SP, who was a J2 guy from the 21 class, which at 21 in a J2 in 2021 makes him an old guy um, for for the J2. So uh, on Christopher Torin, 510-155. We're not big fans of that. You might want to have a meal or two more a day. Uh, killed it in rookie ball yeah. with a 320, 434, 864 line and went to A where he had just turned 18, by the way, if that happened, and did not finish strong, which is good. So let's just go ahead and throw the rest of the season out there. Probably got to eat three meals a day for the first time as a pro. Things changed is what I'm getting at. So I'm going to look at him like I did Aaron Judge. He'll get a promotion and he'll struggle. I'm not saying he's going to be Aaron Judge. I'm saying look at him like that. Judge came up to a new level, struggled by end of season, stayed at the level for the next year, caught it and learned it and then succeeded. Um, let's just bank on Torn doing that next year. Going back to A-ball, look at the first you know, 30, 40 games. Did he catch on? And I think he's going to. Um, and I think you might want to pick him up like a Dogecoin because I'd like to go back to Bitcoin references oh just because nobody God. cares about that anymore because you can pick that up cheap. Uh, okay, on to Sim. Uh, Kevin Sim, his story's cool, which I didn't I didn't actually know this part of it. So Kevin Sim's name is actually uh, Zhang Hun. Thank yeah. you. Uh, but, you know, I work with a guy who's, whose name is Steven, but then I learned that his his given name is very similar to Young Hoon. It is, it is Hoon Ja. 
Very fun. So anyway, uh, son of a Korean legend hitter. Sim will be a slow, high prospect. I've written this. That's why I'm speaking like a moron. But likely <laughs> to debut in 2025 if he starts back in A and gets a midseason promotion to double A. Because as you mentioned, there's going to be movement in this system. So there will be opportunities. Uh, he can play everywhere. But at 6'2", 210, middle infield is going to be out. That's, that's yeah. a big body to be moving around. But the scouting report is promising. And again, this is a fifth-round pick who could be 2025 MLB ready. And then Ricardo Yan, uh, he's a much shorter report on that. Massive K-9 to with a good whip, uh, like we talked about with Arizona. You're just going to ignore ERA. You're looking at a few raw skills here, and then the stat line you're going to focus on is just going to be Ks and whip. Because if he's screwing around with guys on base, um, if he's if he's issuing a million walks, he's not going to be you know good long-term. But this guy seems to be locking it in. So... Mm-hmm. Those are my next big three, and I think we could see them getting hyped a little bit earlier. Maybe not hyped, but getting focused on a little bit earlier because of the movement and all the graduation that uh, they're going to have. So let's move on to uh, – they're not the most hated team in baseball, but a lot of people don't like them, and that's <laughs> that's the Cubs because some people love them. But I want to start off the Cubs with this. Um, remember Matt Mervis? Oh, that was so fun. Okay, now let's talk about I, Cubs prospects. I, I was I was a huge driver on that train last year. And, you know, what I will say is everything you heard about him was really good on a personality level, as in, like, he was one of those hard worker, going to, you know, max yeah. out his skills. You know. and He's now, a grinder, baby, a yeah, baseball grinder. What you're hearing is uh, – the Cubs sent him down and said, you need to work on this in order to maximize your ability at the major league level. Because if you look at him, if he would learn to ignore the, the ball that comes in chest level and up, heck, maybe even just under chest level and up, the guy would be, and just <laughs> focus on crushing what else there is. Yeah. He would be great. And there are a lot of players that do that. And yeah, they hit 250. But they hit 250, they get on base at a 400 clip, and they mash the crap out of balls. He just needed to make that adjustment. Yeah, pitchers are going to get you at the top of the zone, but they got a small margin of error to work with. Ignore the top of the zone. They have to be perfect to get that. Focus here, and you're going to kill it, and he won't make that change. And it's I also feel shame. like the, the Cubs kind of set the table for Mervis to take first base last year, right? Like they brought, they brought in – uh, old what's his nuts, old man. Um, oh my, I can picture his ugly bearded face, uh, from <laughs> formerly of the Eric Royal Cosmer. Eric Hosmer. They yeah. brought in Eric. I like how evil I was on him. I don't know what he did to me. Um, yeah, but they, they brought in Hosmer on a one year deal. You know, the potential of Bellinger moving to first base for you know, all that crap that happened, right? But they basically were like, This is your position to earn, you're not being given it. But initially in the offseason, it was like, Mervis is going to be the first baseman opening day. You know, yay. Remember when Pete Alonso did it? Yeah, they're two very different players. Um, But Mervis came up and struggled. And I think it was probably because he heard for four or five months solid, he was going to be the first baseman for the Cubbies. And every time he lifted weights or did whatever he did, he's like, I'm the first baseman. I, you know, and then he hit that roadblock of, no, 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 we've got professional hitters here and then it was you know earn earn it back so it'll be interesting to see but i just wanted to bring him up because he's a perfect example of prospect hype that didn't have the previous pedigree where we were like waiting for it to happen you know he wasn't jp crawford who came up and struggled it was like matt mervis off-season you know hero and then in-season disappointment so 
you know, and there are guys within the Cubs who have already been, been up and down prospect ladders across the board. I've got one of them in my top three. So, but I so want to hear yours. This is a system that very, I've heard two different podcasts that I like to listen to on prospect stuff already mentioned the Cubs as their number two farm system, which that says a lot. I mean, this is, this is not just a, a talented system up top, but it's really deep with guys that could, if nothing else, be a solid major leaguer. Just yep. for reference, Pipeline, you know, Pipeline hasn't updated their rankings, and I'm sure this is going to change some, probably for the worse for him. Matt Mervis is listed as their number 13 prospect right now. Yeah. Because he's it's not funny how quickly every yeah. like that that's everybody turning their back on him, right? That's yeah. like the podcast that only talk about the top 150 players in baseball and the top like eight prospects. And then when one of the guys, you know, Zach Beans, we talked about him before. Um, once one of those guys shows like, oh, I'm I'm not you know a superstar at this exact moment, and then they're like, I don't even know who that is anymore. You know, it's, yeah. it's like it's like some some girl you got the number to, and then you're like, you know what? I don't think she was that pretty, and then you never talk to her again. That's that's where Matt Mervis is right now. Wow. Yeah, he he's been shunned, but he has he's been shunned yeah. by oh, yes. by Dynasty Baseball because he didn't kill it last year. And I'm not saying that like he should have. I'm just. He was given the opportunity and everybody got pumped up because who, I mean, we want first baseman, you know, like we are starving it's for first baseman. How, and yeah, it's, it's, it's waved, it's, it's waved into that for us, right? Like yeah. you mentioned Melendez with Arizona, man, we want him to hit, you know, we want him to take off. Um, there's uh oh my goodness. Who's the other guy that I was, uh, it doesn't matter. I'll save him for when we talk about the team, but th- there are ways that teams you want to succeed. I don't have any, infielders uh, i've got pitchers and two outfielders with the cubs that's all oh. i got for them so. well then i'm gonna give you a fun one to start with because okay one of my top three is actually an infielder i have Pete crow armstrong which i think pretty universal number one and yeah. kate horton probably your pretty universal number two absolutely here. i have matt shaw as their number three. Oh, okay i really really like matt shaw and now, this could be my Big Ten bias coming out to some degree, mm-hmm. which I'm perfectly fine with admitting. But Shaw's just, I don't know where he ends up on the field, but the kid's going to hit. He's just, he's one of those guys, he just, he hits. He hits and he's got, okay, as, you know, a recovering Blue Jays fan, uh, you remember <laughs> that's, Kevin that's Smith. That's the right way to describe me. <laughs> Do I remember Kevin Smith? I still have dynasty shares. I cut him a week ago in a dynasty. (laughs) I mean, when he first came on the scene as a, you know, I'm I'm using him because of the Maryland background, but the power speed combination, the tool is completely different. Yeah. But the power speed that Kevin Smith had, Mm -hmm. but he can hit 280. That's a hell of a player. And I mean, I think that's really what, you know, I probably I think they're probably very similar defenders, which that doesn't say a lot for poor Matt because I Kevin was never really a great defender. Um, but if they can find a spot to put that bat, the Cubs are going to have a guy that's got a really fun profile for fantasy owners. Yeah, I'm looking right now. So Kevin Smith, just you, this, you made me do it, Ben. You made me do it. Uh, <laughs> in 2021, he had 21. 21- uh dinger shout out and 18 stolen bases prior to that it was that was his dip year was 2019 
because uh, he went up to double A. So he, mm-hmm. he had 20, what was it, 25 dingers and 29 stolen bases in 18. But last year, so he came up, uh, I don't remember if he started the season with Oakland or came up early on, oh. whatever it was. He came up and sucked at the, as an ML beer, second time, well, third time he'd come up and sucked as an ML beer. Went back down to AAA, was very good, finished the year with 16 home runs, nine stolen bases, 324 average. And Oakland was like, eh, never mind. So yeah. I'm terrified when you say, you know who Matt Shaw reminds me of? <laughs> it's Kevin Smith. <laughs> I'm like, oh, dear Lord, yeah. no. But they're not all going to turn out like that. Now, Kevin Smith, I think, I don't know if he signed back with Oakland or not, but I think yeah. he's going to be one of those guys who needs to go, and this is a problem, he needs to go to an Oakland where they don't have a set guy at shortstop third base. But like you said, he's not an excellent defender. So he needs to be in a position, and I think he may have even played a bit of first last year. Um, He needs to be in a spot where they're just going to let him play. And I feel like sometimes these types of guys who, as you said, you don't know where Shaw's going to go, if they don't have a position or at least the knowledge that they're going to get 15 at-bats this week, they can struggle because that means they're going to practice hard because they think that's where they're going to get most of their action. Then I feel like you get that tunnel vision. You know, like if you, if you're in the batter's box and a hitting, you know, a hitting machine just keeps throwing them to you, you just get into that, that uh, rhythm, which baseball is not rhythm at all. And every pitcher is going to throw you off. That doesn't throw like the batting machine does because you can time them out to throw every 15, 20 seconds, whatever. But if, if the timing is off on that, you could see struggles. Now, again, I'm, I haven't scouted Shaw to say this or that, but because you've you've upset me so much by mentioning <laughs> Kevin Smith, I don't like Matt Shaw. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. So what if I would tell you Kevin Smith would only strike out 70 times in a year instead of 125? Oh, my gosh. I, you know, I, I have think, a, honestly, a, that was a big thing. Absolutely. Well, he was the he was the not really three true outcome type guy. Yeah. Right. Like where where it's like if he gets on the base path, he he's gonna, you know, he if this thing happens, these other three things are gonna happen, right? If he strikes out less, if he learns to take, you know, more I mean his OBP I think was okay, but um last year just hitting so well in triple A was very upsetting because Oakland didn't really want to win, but they also weren't willing to give him you know, whatever, 30 games at third base to do it. And they had somebody else in Oakland too, who um, they kind of did the same thing. I can't remember his name at the moment um, where they, they th- I thought they were going to give him time. Uh, actually, there were two guys in, in, uh, in Durham who are, was a Durham. No, wherever Nashville, who I thought they were going to give yeah. time to uh, Dalton was the other Kelly Dalton, something like that. Um, it was like a guy that was with Tampa Bay for several years. He was in Durham, okay. played very well, went to Oakland. I was like, Oh, this is going to be his time, you know? And then Oakland didn't even give him that bat. So it gets a little wonky sometimes with those crappy teams. But again, Matt Shaw, total bust. You heard it here first. <laughs> there you go. Okay. So my only other of the big three is 23 slash 24-year-old Alexander Canario, um, oh, okay. who I've got. And and if I am not mistaken, he had, was it double shoulder surgery last offseason? Yeah, he, was he the accident? He, I can't remember if he if it was on field or what it was off field, but it was too. Okay. I just, I wanted to make sure it was the right guy. Cause I had him in one dynasty league where I traded um, both him and, and Kevin Alcantara also with the Cubs. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I forget, I got back pitching of some sort in, in this league. It was like an eight by eight. Broken broken left ankle and left left shoulder. 
There we go. Okay. And I remember being like, well, now you ne- neither can you set your foot or, <laughs> or yeah. can you turn and, and do it with power. Okay. I'm going to trade you. And, and he was amazing. Hell of a recovery from the double surgery. Um, I, I kind of now see a Teoscar Hernandez slow build with him. You know, like Teoscar was not a great Astro, but the Astro very much like Canario. Teoscar was on a loaded Astros team that needed to move players. And if Canario's not a fit with the Cubs, not that you want to see guys move, but the move could be very positive for him if it means he's going to get at bats somewhere else. If someone's going to yeah. let him hit, I would I want to be, you know, rostering him for when that hot streak comes. Like I don't think he is a Juan Yepes type, you know, burn, like, you know, we're, we're all excited and then we're not like a, you know, not to the Matt Mervis hype, but I think Canario could be of use. Um, and that's why I've got him as my, he's my number two, actually. I've got PCA as a three because uh, he was a Met and that stink might still be on him. <laughs> so Canario bugged the crap out of me last year because I owned him in a, in a deep league and he got up to the majors yeah, very exciting. And then they never used him. He like sat there. Like I was just uh, I was cuz that's a league where you play anyone who is actually up in the majors because it's right. going to help your team and he just sat there and like did nothing. You know, <laughs> he was up for I think he was up for like 3 weeks and he played 6 games. <laughs> 6. What the hell? <laughs> like yeah. So, yeah. Jake Alou had that a bit with Washington too. Um, yeah. Who's at, who, and he was somebody who people were thinking, Hey, this is a guy who could have like an everyday role, you know, almost from the start of the year, but they slow rolled him. I just had to make sure I'm like, it was Alou, right? Yeah. It was Alou with Washington yeah. um, who had that off season potential that everybody liked to give him and didn't get it because when he did get called up, yeah, he was in a platoon role. So with Canario, I think they were trying to give him opportunities to do well, like Nelson Velasquez, right? Like the Cubs. Yeah had Velasquez up and then everybody got, you know, all excited about it. Um, but I think Canario's, you know, I think he's going to be an MLB for sure. Um, it's just a matter of what's what team or what lineup, what manager yep. is going to make it really click for him. And I don't know if it's going to be with the Cubs. So uh, next three minor all pitchers. Who do you have? Okay. Uh, mine. I have the guy who I actually thought you were going to say, Owen Casey, um, Moises Ballesteros. And then just because I want to talk about him a little bit, James Triantos. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. All right. I've got Jackson Ferris, a yep. left-handed pitcher, 6'4", 195, 20-year-old. Brody McCullough, which, which I might be pronouncing it wrong because it's M-C-C-U-L-L-O-U-G-H. So I'm going with McCullough. That's that's how I would probably say that, yeah. Okay. Just wanted to make sure. Um, and then Porter Hodge. Uh, 22 yeah. year old uh, guy. So uh, my, my Hodge love just comes from the fact that he was like a 13th round pick. He's six, four righty. He had really good, you know, the 80 innings pitch double a last year, 103 K's ugly ERA. There's hidden value, you know, outside the stat line, of course, uh, McCullough, same deal, six, four righty, 86 and the third innings, 108 K's. Um, he finished in high a he's got to go back and really dominate like i think he needs to move quick or he's going to move to the pen Um, but i kind of look at him uh, to go back to atlanta as like a darius vines type where there is no real value for him 
but there's potential for him to become valuable in fantasy. So if you play in deep leagues, sometimes they do like four or five relief pitcher spots. Maybe that's his value, but at the moment he's starting. So I'm treating him as a starter, and I like the idea of a 6'4 righty getting opportunities more than I do a 5'10, you know, righty or lefty, really. Um, And and within the Cubs, you know, it seems it seems valuable. And to me, Ferris is the real one. Like this is like a kind of ace and waiting type guy. I think he was a second round pick last year. Yeah, second round 2022. Yeah. Sorry, I said last year. I guess that's technically two years ago. So he was the high schooler. And usually when this happens with the Horton, you know, the college high school guy, you get the high school guy um, and try to get him under slot. And then you get the college guy safely. But they they were able to get Ferris, I think, under slot. Um, But anyway, Uh he's pitching well. And in, in, in yeah. you know, two years, maybe they give them a little push if they think they're doing well. I quite like Ferris. And, and again, as a second round pick in Dynasty Leagues, no one's going to give them up to you. But if you come with a fair offer, somebody who's kind of like a list type guy, you know, Ferris could be. This is very much like a Kobe Mayo situation where you knew from the draft he could be good. He started out doing OK, but he didn't all of a sudden get you know tagged as like a superstar. Ferris could be very valuable. That in fantasy. Kind of guy. Yep. Yeah. So on Hodge. I was just pulling it up because I thought I was right in thinking this. They moved him to the bullpen last year, and I really didn't like it because at the time he was, you know, last year the Southern League had that goofy tacked ball, and some pitchers, like Ben Brown, one of his teammates, just went nuts with it, did really, really well. Porter was not one of those guys. Porter could not control the freaking ball. <laughs> he it was like he just he didn't know what to do with that new ball. And instead, right about the time that they switched back to a regular ball, they pulled him out of the rotation. And I'm like, "God, <laughs> I wanted to see what he mm-hmm. could do now that they're back to a regular ball cuz you know, you taught hype guys last year in the Cubs system. Porter Hodge was sneaking into a lot of top 10s at the back of a top 10 last year coming into the spring. And I, I'm in a league with some guys from BA and from BP and different things. And Hodge was like a fourth round pick in our uh, redraft. So guys that weren't owned yet, there was a lot of people who thought he, you know, and as soon as he came off the board, you could just see everyone go, oh, I thought he was already owned. Oh, man. Wow. So, so yeah, I was surprised at how much. Folks loved him last year. I still think it's an unfortunate name for a guy who one of his biggest knocks as a draft pick was he's a little chubby. Um, So to call him, you know, the fact that his name is Porter and his knock was that he was chubby is not really a great combination. (laughs) But, you know, being a fellow chubby guy. uh, But that's, (laughs) you know, I get it, you know. But he's. (laughs) Yeah, I, I like the stuff. I like I like Porter a lot. And I, I had bought in pretty well last year and mm-hmm. kind of had that blown up in my face. So Bellisteros is gonna be a guy that you're not gonna like because he's a you know a catcher right now. Yeah, um, I don't want to hear it, but that's okay. Yeah. I'm here, I'm on the podcast, may as well tell me about him. <laughs> but you know, I think he's going to he reminds me a ton of a guy that we're going to talk about next uh, three and three podcast in Samuel Basalo with, with Baltimore. He's just a tick below Basalo in both hitting skills, but you know, in power and in uh hit tool. And 
I don't know if he's ever going to play catcher in the major leagues, but he's got the kind of bat that could work as like a six foot tall first baseman, which I don't know if he's even six foot, but he kind of reminds me of uh, body wise of Williams. Oh, he's, <laughs> he, oh, he's five, seven. You got an Alejandro Kirk on your hands, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, he's, he's short. He's like I said, you look at him, like I said, you know, the turtle for a reason, you know, with, with, yeah, uh, yeah. Astudio and I'm I'm but, watching a little video at the moment. Oh yeah, he's yeah, he's, he's got a he nice looks old. pure swing. Yeah, he looks older than For he is. For a 20 year old, he looks yeah. like he's in his mid 30s. <laughs> yeah, and his kids are waiting in the car. <laughs> so yeah, the one okay. who who I would jump on is and you know it's funny neither one of us brought up Kevin Alcantara, which you know if there's yeah. a tooled out guy in that system, there's one. But Owen Casey, prospect very, fatigue, very, I'll go with yeah. yeah. Very similar Owen Casey with uh, with Canario as far as their total uh, skill set, big arm guy. You know, if you wanted to put together what you want out of a right fielder, it's usually plus power plus arm. Well, that's what both of those guys have. Um, Casey's probably the better athlete overall, but it's all a matter of just making contact. That's really the biggest issue with both of them is they got to make consistent contact. Um, Casey did it last year, but I don't know if that's necessarily long-term. What he, I mean, he also struck out 164 times and 439 at-bats. You know, so there's a lot of swing and miss to that game. But, man, yeah. does he have a fun defensive out profile. And, I mean, the Cubs really, we could have picked nine guys. You oh, know, and that's on, just on it. Either, yeah. Like they're they're deep, and one of like I said about Houston in the Tay Oscar comparison, they're going to be a team who's got to make moves because they don't want to just lose the value, right? Like minor league yeah. free agent idea of you don't want guys to leave. And the Oakland guy, or sorry, the the Tampa guy that went to Oakland and then didn't get a shot, I believe it was Dalton Kelly was his name, and oh, now okay. I think he's twenty nine. So we lo- kind of lost that window. Uh, he could be a PJ Higgins type where we might see him for two hundred <laughs> yeah, and go. everybody gets real excited. But I don't think that's going to happen anymore. I think that that time left. Um, but anyway, okay, well, that's that's three teams down, and you even were able to squeeze in a bit of catcher talk. So, I mean, there we yeah. go, <laughs> and you tolerated it no less, you know. That's I did, yeah. Thing. I mean, I, I oh, went on mute and screamed for a minute, but <laughs> I, did, I didn't, I didn't talk about Triantos. I, oh, I'm I, so sorry. I well, I it's on me, I didn't bring him up, but uh, this is a guy, he was a big time hype guy in the 2021 draft. And uh, I ended up going in the second round to the Cubs that year. Came out and just hit like a madman in complex after the draft. And so I was in a lot of first-year player drafts where he went. And people just thought, this guy is going to be the next thing. Well, then the next year he comes out, he did still hit 270 in A-ball, but he just did it with nothing. I mean, it was there wasn't much walk behind. I mean, he wasn't getting on base. There wasn't a lot of power. It just so what is he going to be? Well, I think we've kind of seen now. Yeah, he's not going to be a guy that gives you much for power. He just isn't. He's, but he's got a really good eye at the plate. He can play a lot of places defensively as a fantasy asset. I mean, let's just say really maximizing out you're talking about an omar infante type of guy 
who can play a little bit of shortstop, probably is better at second and third, but could play all three. Wouldn't surprise me if he got to a team. God, if he was a Tampa Bay Ray, we would all love him because of what <laughs> because they would be able to utilize that skill set. And, and well, frankly, I mean, they, they gave up on Xavier Edwards. You know, they do occasionally give up on guys, but yes, but, I, generally speaking, I agree. But I mean, just it's and and frankly, the Cubs did it before too. But now they have Swanson and Horner at second and short and probably for a long while. And so you're probably not going to see anybody pop up and play, you know, 130 games playing second, third and short for the Cubs anytime soon. I mean, Javier Baez did that right away. They they genuinely need to get themselves a first and third baseman because you don't want Nick Madrigal, who should be your second baseman hitting at the top of your order for contact at the bottom of your order, playing third base, providing you yeah. with no power. Like it's going the and, wrong way for Madrigal quick in his pro career. Oh yeah. Um, and and like I have been a big fan of his since draft day, thinking that this was going to be a huge contact guy. And it's as if the two spots he's landed in, they were both like, no, 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 no. What we'd like you to do, you know how you play small ball? <laughs> yeah. Play even smaller ball, you know. And we're yeah. not going to give you opportunities. <laughs> Of course, he got hurt, which affected him, and then he was in the the trade um, to move over with the Cubs, which looked like a perfect spot until the Swanson signing. And then it was like, well, now trade, you know, trade Madrigal, but they didn't. And I'm assuming that's because there was nothing out there for him. So um, yeah. a third base, you know, Patrick Wisdom's not your first third uh, option. He's getting worse by the year. Uh, as yeah. much as you want, like I mean, I think they threw him out to left field also last year. The Cubs moved uh, moved Wisdom around because he was the Wait. only real power bat through the season. I mean, you had Ballinger. Yes. But like, you know, your guy who you're, you're expecting to hit 25 dingers from, um, he was the guy. And, and I mean, it tells you how bad their system is right now at those positions that they sent Chris Morrell down yeah. to winter ball and said, figure out how to play first base. It's yeah, like, can you sort this out, please? <laughs> so, I mean, Triantos could play a very good third base. He's got a strong arm, but he's going to be a guy that's going to hit you. 280, 350, 350. He's not going to get you much at all for power, which is going to right. bug you. I mean, frankly, his ideal stat line is going to be what we get out of Cabron Hayes at third okay. base. And he's nowhere near that defensively. I mean, he's not going to be that elite defensively. That's why Cabron Hayes still can play third base is because he's so stinking good at third base defensively that they'll take whatever they get from him offensively. Which is like one of the rare times that occurs with that position. Because oh, yeah. you got to at least, you got to have one substantial offensive skill at that point. And for some reason, um, I mean, Pittsburgh also does have a lot of guys. When we get to them, they're, they're, that'll be a fun conversation of yeah. if you get to play and move those pieces around, you know, play pretend manager. How do you yeah. set that lineup? Because uh, there are a lot of guys there who are not well known or the guys who were drafted high who have moved uh, up and then now everyone's disappointed with them. So, but uh, yeah, well, the Cubs are, the Cubs are fun. Atlanta, you know, all too well. And Arizona, I think is going to be an interesting system for a couple years here. So yeah, it was a good first three to start with. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, the way I looked at what we've got set up the rest of the way, we're going to have at least one really freaking good system every single time out. Um, one pretty crappy system every time out um uh and one 
kind of in the middle of the road. It kind of lines up perfectly. And I just did this alphabetically, folks. So it lined up really well. But like next next time we get together, it's going to be Baltimore. It's going to be the White Sox. And it's going to be Colorado. And you're talking about probably the top system in all of baseball. Um, this is the Rockies like, you're talking? Yeah, okay, continue. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then the White Sox who are, frankly, oh, they're fun. They're they fun. sold off in order to get to the top of the bottom 10 systems in baseball. <laughs> yeah. Like, man, if they didn't have that return sitting in their system, hey. Um, and then Colorado, who, boy, talent-wise, that's a fun system. I don't know what I think about what to expect out of that talent, but it's a fun system to talk about. So we're going to have fun yeah. next week. And I Absolutely. think it's, it lines up like that all the way as we go through the board. So it's going to be a fun time going through these with you, Robbie. Absolutely. And and we'll have it done before opening day and everyone will be lined up and ready. And uh, we didn't mention it before, but if you want the inside scoop, if you want to pick Ben's ear or mine or anybody else on the six man Palazzo rotation, uh, join that Patreon because uh, we are obligated to talk to you. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so that's and, the way, you know, if you've got a draft coming up and you want to know about team X or player player X or a trade or any of that stuff, um, that's, that's where you'll find us for sure. You know, the Twitter yeah. is optional. The Patreon, that's the way. The Patreon, the Discord. Those are the two spots right. to find us all. And, and we're going to, you know, like this today, I brought out, I know, I knew of Luis from uh, Arizona before. Somebody else brought him up and said, could you please talk about it? Cool. We can make sure that Done. that fits into the system. So we're going to probably workshop some of this stuff before this before we record, just so you guys can know. So pay attention. Absolutely. And if you listen this long, you'll love it. So yeah, and we there you go. Absolutely. So. <laughs> <laughs> if you can put up with our ugly mugs for this long, you're doing all right. So, <laughs> so all right. Well, I think that's going to do make it. Oh, oh, good Lord. If I trip over my words. Nailed it. You nailed yeah, the wrap Absolutely. <laughs> I don't and know three, if I can wrap any better. two, one, yeah. action. <laughs> that will give us a great look at three systems to start things. Come back and join us for more this offseason because Robbie and I are just getting started. So we're going to get better at feeding off of each other. And... During the live ones, you guys are going to have, I'm, I know you guys will have great prospects that probably the two of us have heard of, maybe. Um, yeah, so that's a good that's, way to put it. Yeah. That's the fun part of doing these live, but it's also good to just be able to record some of these whenever it works in our lives, too. So we'll look forward to doing more of these throughout the offseason. And for now, we'll sign off and. We'll talk with you guys again next week. The power of prospects is a curious thing. Make a person trade everything for a king. Wander Franco is your one true love. For a prospect, you'll trade all the Sometimes, but it might just save your life. That's the power of prospects. That's the power of prospects. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.